Welcome to the Align with Spirit podcast. The Align with Spirit podcast is a program that takes a look at life through the lens of metaphysical occult, new thought, comparative religion, and new age philosophy. Each week, a new topic is reviewed and explored. Topics range from practical self-help advice and holistic self-healing to the paranormal, supernatural, and the mystical in nature. Our host is John Culbertson. He is an ordained metaphysical minister and certified metaphysical mind practitioner. He is also a Reiki master, shamanic practitioner, a Wiccan priest, a tarot card reader, and an astrologer. Before being ordained as a metaphysical minister, he had previously been ordained as an evangelical Christian minister. He is also a lifelong student of psychology and counseling, having degrees in both the psychology of human behavior and spiritual counseling. Now it's time to quiet our mind and open our soul as we align with spirit. Welcome to the Align with Spirit podcast. Today's topic, 10 ways to live a more spiritual life. Being spiritual is about more than just saying you're spiritual. Anyone can claim to be spiritual. Anyone can say they study and follow metaphysical laws and principles. Anyone can say that they're involved in eclectic spirituality. Being spiritual or metaphysical, requires a certain level of commitment and action. Though everyone has their own ideas about how to follow their chosen path, there's nothing wrong with gaining insights into some common spiritual practices that have proven to be beneficial over the years. Today I'm going to talk about 10 things you can do to live a more spiritual, and particularly more metaphysically based life. Number one, meditate daily. Meditation forms the foundation of metaphysical and spiritual practice. It is only through meditation that one is able to make contact with the inner spirit. Some would even say it's through meditation that one makes contact with the God within. It is also through meditation that one learns to quiet the mind and figure out their own thoughts versus the thoughts of others. We all receive telepathic thoughts, telepathic messages. The problem is, is most of us aren't aware that we're receiving telepathic messages and we're not aware where their messages are coming from. When we meditate, we learn to discern between our inner voice, what is true for us, and what we're quote-unquote hearing from others. Meditation is important for restoring calm and peace to both your inner world, and your outer world. Number two, think positively. Now, recently an article has come out that says that it can be bad to think positively too much. And I, for the most part, agree with that. But positive thinking is still a very important spiritual practice, especially for those of us who are involved in metaphysical spirituality. Because it's said that the world around us is a mirror of our own thoughts. Thus, the more we focus on positive things, the more likely the world around us is to conform to that state of consciousness. But this is not the same as being delusional. 
It's not the same as ignoring the negative things that are occurring in your life. You can think positively and still allow yourself to experience sadness. You can think positively and still allow yourself to experience anger. In fact, I would argue that to suppress negative emotions is going to do far more harm than trying to just think ob just think positively all the time. You have to get those negative emotions out. They have to have some place to go. The trick is, is to express them in a manner or to someone who can allow you to express them in a way in which they're not going to be damaging to yourself or to others. Positive thinking is an important form of the law of attraction. And that old saying that most of us are familiar with now that says what we think about brings about. As I was saying, that doesn't mean that all negative thoughts are always going to bring something bad. What I'm talking about, though, is a general state of consciousness. There is a general state of positive consciousness that a person can have that does not avoid these things. In fact, it faces them head-on. It deals with them. And in the process of dealing with your negative garbage, in the process of dealing with it in an effective manner, and eliminating it, it makes room for far more positivity to enter into your life. In other words, what I'm saying is that you can't think positively and just have bad things go away. It doesn't work that way. You can't be in financial debt and think to yourself, oh, I'm going to have lots of money coming in, but ignore the debt. Because if you just ignore the debt, more debt will accumulate. And in that situation, your quote-unquote positive thinking isn't doing you any good. There has to be a balanced way of dealing with the real world, but doing so in a manner that's going to be positive and uplifting while not ignoring the reality of the things that are going on around you. So, three and four. Three is nullify negative thoughts, and four is nullify negative spoken words. Okay, we have to learn how to nullify. What does nullify mean? Nullify means to discard, to eliminate. And in this case, we are talking about being aware of, of when we do have negative thoughts or when we are saying negative things. We have to be aware that we're doing that. At the moment that we're aware, we can nullify it. We can eliminate it. And there are lots of ways to do that. I was taught to say delete, delete, delete when I catch myself having a negative thought. Particularly when the inner critic is criticizing me. And I noticed that it's happening. I was taught to, to deal with that directly and say, delete, delete, delete. That's not what I'm listening to. 
But once a negative thought, once negative words have been nullified, we have to replace those negative things with something more positive. This process of training the mind and self to eliminate the negative and accentuate the positive is one of the fundamental key foundational principles for improving life and following a more spiritual path. However, as I've said just moments ago, that does not mean we can ignore the things that are happening in our day-to-day -day life. We cannot ignore every bad situation that comes up, and in fact, we shouldn't. We cannot ignore how we're feeling, and in fact, we shouldn't. We have to train ourselves to think positively, to eliminate negative thoughts, but to also be practical and deal with the here and now. And you can be practical. You can deal with the here and now in a positive way. I realize in our society today that seems unnatural. Most of the time when we're dealing with bad situations, there tends to be a lot of shouting, a lot of yelling, a lot of criticizing, a lot of blaming. Unfortunately, that's the society that we're allowing our children to grow up in. Those are the examples that many of us are setting for our children. And that's not spiritual. You can deal with confrontation in a calm, positive manner and still have healthy boundaries that you are not allowing other people to cross. You can still confront people and do so in a manner and in a way that is not harmful or destructive to them or to yourself. But it takes practice. It takes training. It takes awareness. And that's many of the things that are developed through the practice of meditation and through the practice of positive thinking. The fifth way we can live a more spiritual life is to dedicate each day to God or to the universe, to the higher power. And this is a simple practice that goes a long way in influencing the day. All you have to do when you wake up each morning is spend a few moments dedicating the day to God, the universe, the goddess, great spirit, cosmic consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Taking the time to promise to the self that one will do their best to try and behave, think, and live from the highest spiritual point possible will influence your day. And influences both the day in general, as well as how one ultimately chooses to act and react to the various events, people, and circumstances that occur during the day. And you don't need to do an elaborate ceremony to do this. It's a simple process of taking the time when you wake up before you do anything else to think through the dedication. A simple way to do that is when you open your eyes in the morning, take three deep breaths before you do anything else, and say something very simple to the effect of God, universal spirit, 
goddess, I dedicate this day to you. I promise to try to behave, live as a representation of you, to do my best, to be the best that I can be. That's simple. Number six. Give thanks for all good. Unfortunately for many people in our world, there's a tendency to take the good that comes to us in life for granted. In fact, as human beings, we tend to focus more on the bad and the negative, as opposed to being thankful for the positive and good that occurs. In spiritual leadership, gratitude ranks as one of the most important skills that can be developed. If you're going to be a spiritual leader, you must learn to be grateful. It must become a part of who you are. Gratitude is the process of being thankful for what you do have versus dwelling on what you don't have. Being thankful for what does happen as opposed to dwelling on the fact that something didn't happen. The vibrations that come from gratitude help to attract, create, and reveal even more good things in life. We have to learn to be thankful. There's nothing wrong when something good happens to take a few moments to close your eyes and say, Thank you, Great Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, Goddess. Again, whatever name you use for that higher power, there's nothing wrong with taking a few moments to just say thank you. And the great thing is that we don't have to be thankful just for the good things. We can be thankful for anything. Suppose you don't get the job that you want. What if, instead of being angry or upset, you were to take a few moments and say, Thank you, Great Spirit, for helping me to understand that there's something better. My goodness, how that changes the paradigm. What if, when your significant other breaks up with you, instead of being mournful and suffering and hurt, you take a few moments to close your eyes and say, Thank you, Great Spirit, for helping me to realize that I have outgrown this relationship and that I'm ready for a new one. Gratitude is an art, it's a skill, it's a science. It's all those things wrapped in the one. And if you want to be spiritual, it is something you will need to practice over and over and over. Number seven, read inspirational literature. One of the best ways to stay motivated and inspired and to continue along your spiritual path is to engage in, watch, 
read something inspirational each day, if only for five minutes. The act of doing this keeps good vibrations flowing into your life, and it typically provides food for thought that is well worth pondering. Additionally, when we remember that we focus on things and that as we focus on things, that acts like a magnet in our life to bring the things that we're focusing on more into our life. Once you understand that, it's easy to see how inspirational literature, how inspirational movies, how that can be useful. As a side note, many of the most professional people in our world take the time each day to read or watch something inspirational. You have to ask yourself if some of the most successful people in our world are doing it. Why shouldn't you? The eighth way to be more spiritual is to forgive as you would wish to be forgiven. The truth is, if we don't forgive people for what they have done, then we are locking ourselves in a prison. A prison of emotion, a prison of thoughts. We're locking ourselves into a very dark place when we do not forgive. Because you see, we don't forgive people for their benefit. We forgive people for our own benefit. To hold on to anger, hurt, hostility, or any similar emotion is to force the conscious and unconscious mind to focus on those lower-level vibrations. And that results in similar vibrations being drawn to us. It's important to forgive, if only for our own healing. Forgiveness is so important. Now, sometimes it's hard to forgive. How do you forgive someone that has done something so horrible to you? And the answer is, is you don't. Sometimes we have to ask the Great Spirit. We have to ask God. We have to ask the Goddess, depending upon what you believe in. But we have to ask that higher power to forgive for us. Great Spirit, I cannot forgive my father for the things that he has done to me, but I know that you can, and I ask you to do so on my behalf. Something simple like that helps tremendously in releasing the burden that you carry in your subconscious mind. The ninth way to be more spiritual is to attend spiritual or metaphysical groups. The power of a group can never be underestimated. When people find a group that they can jive with and connect to, the group serves as both a source of support and healing as well as an inspiration and connection. You see, none of us want to feel alone. Groups are a powerful way of discovering like-minded individuals that we can commune with and share our journey with. Groups are also wonderful as learning tools. 
They give us a safe place to share our thoughts and to practice other spiritual principles. The very same principles we've been talking about today. Groups are a wonderful place to practice those. I believe that everyone should consider finding at least one group. Spiritual, metaphysical, whatever. That they can spend at least an hour a week connecting to. It will make a huge difference in your life and the lives of everyone else. Now these groups may include things like a meditation group, a prayer group. It may be a circle. Like a healing circle, a full moon circle, a drumming circle. It could be classes. Perhaps a psychic development class. Maybe a shamanic journey class. A reincarnation class. The point is, is you want a group that you can get involved with, where you can meet people, communicate with them, share ideas with them. Because it does help, A, to make your life better, B, to make their life better, and see, it's transformative for everyone that is involved. So here's the final way that we can live more spiritually. And that's to remember daily who you are. Listen to me. Right here, right now. I want you to know that you are a child of God. And if you use some other name for God, that's fine. You're a child of the universe. You're a child of cosmic consciousness. You're a child of the great spirit. You're a child of the divine goddess. You're a child of the earth mother. You're a child of father sky. I don't care what you call the higher power. You are a child of the higher power. You contain the spark of the divine within you. Never forget this. It is the moment that people realize this about themselves that their life changes. Amazing things end up happening in their life. And they end up bringing amazing things into other people's lives. And part of remembering who you are also involves learning to separate your ego from your higher self. The ego, or little you, wants to control life. And psychology, Freudian psychology, is very close to the id principle. In other words, it revolves around instant gratification at the cost of everything else. The ego is all about me, and it fights hard to have its own way. But the higher self, in contrast, is the highest part of the self that is closest to the highest power. And in that way, it's similar to the superego principle in Freudian psychology. It wants what is best for all, and it wants this without causing harm to others. A surefire way to tell when something is not from the higher self is if it involves hurting another person. Because that's always the ego. 
The higher self does not wish to hurt others. By remembering daily who you are, you will become more confident and stronger in your personal faith, both in yourself and in the higher power. And the great thing is, is that, again, this doesn't take a lot of time. It's simply a matter of practicing daily, recognizing the higher self versus the ego self. More importantly, though, it involves surrendering. And that's a key word. It's a key word in almost all religions. Now, most of you listening here today are not going to be coming from a dogmatic religious perspective. But even if you're not, that word surrender is important because you want to surrender to the higher self and not give in to the ego. I hope that these 10 ways of living life more spiritually, at least one of them, can be a benefit to you. But if you're able to practice them all, good for you. Life changes as we engage in spiritual disciplines. I want to end today's podcast with a positive affirmation. And I'm going to say it three times. It's by William Warch. And it goes like this. There is no personality, opinion, or condition that interferes with my choices. I am a spiritual being living in a spiritual world governed by spiritual laws. Again, there is no personality, opinion, or condition that interferes with my choices. I am a spiritual being living in a spiritual world governed by spiritual laws. One last time. There is no personality, opinion, or condition that interferes with my choices. I am a spiritual being living in a spiritual world governed by spiritual laws. I look forward to talking with you next week right here on the Align with Spirit podcast. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Align with Spirit podcast, hosted by John Culbertson. The Align with Spirit podcast is supported by the contributions of generous listeners like you. For more information about John Culbertson, the host, or to help support us, please visit the website mysticjohnculbertson.com.